1: cult
0: and classic <laughs> welcome friends and fiends to a new episode of cult and classic films podcast the podcast where we bring you two films and talk about them both one mainstream and one cult in this case I mean you could say they're both cult but one of them uh, def our first uh, which we did last week is uh, definitely more well known. Heavy Metal, the animated uh, adult fantasy feature based somewhat off of Heavy Metal magazine, which is still uh, in in a, in a form published in the United States today. Uh, but today we're going to be talking about our more cult choice, which is Star Chaser, The Legend of Orin. Now, this movie came out in 1985, and it, it actually has a distinction of being the first animated 3D film. Uh, it was... That was kind of pushed. It was at the that the 80s, like, uh, I can't even say resurgence, the, the surge in desire for 3D films. What's fascinating is this movie still hasn't been released uh, in an updated uh, new transfer or anything like that with a 3D capability, which you know, is is still present on some TVs, but it is definitely fallen a bit uh, to the wayside uh, in consumer habits. Uh, but anyway, I digress to a point. Uh, Star Chaser, The Legend of Orin is not well known. We're going to discuss why that might be and what the merits and demerits are about this sort of sci-fi sword and sorcery epic i'm of course your host nate wyckoff film critic and comedian and if you hear me misspeak it's because my nose is plugged because i've been cleaning all day and that's how filthy i keep my house we also have jeff tucker how are you doing jeff
2: ah very good thank
1: you
0: excellent and we also have with us mandy longley who i know is a bit under the weather thanks for joining mandy
1: hey yeah i'm glad to be here i'm also um semi-buried in a pile of paw patrol figurines so if i make any strange noises during the podcast probably because i've like <laughs> sat upon or shifted onto something uncomfortable such as life that's how dirty i keep my house <laughs> <laughs> yes
0: well you know i <laughs> we're right at home in the world of star chaser because star chaser is definitely a grim dungy dingy uh sort of universe now the first thing if you actually encounter someone who's heard of the movie star chaser uh, and has seen it then the first thing they'll say is oh you mean that star wars ripoff it's animated and they're not wrong uh there are so many things Well, taken... i can leave
1: now because those were my only comments <laughs>
0: there's so many things taken from star wars as well as some other movies but we're gonna we're gonna go over the plot it's it's pretty Boilerplate stuff. Um, that doesn't mean it's without merit, but it is pretty boilerplate. There is a uh, a man who is a slave in a mining society. Uh, they don't know about the sort of above world and space and other planets and things. They're made to believe by uh, a controlling force uh, individual who is the antagonist that this is all there is. He uh, finds out there isn't. Tries to escape. His girlfriend is killed because. Uh, women need to be killed for men to apparently have drive to do anything uh, that's still a thing apparently uh, and it, it was in 1985 as well uh and his name is Oren and he's very much a not quite a Conan but more of like a Thundar the Barbarian you know kind of wiry young youth uh, but he has this magic sword that he escaped with and he's supposed to find the blade it, it uh which is weird because it sort of doesn't need a blade because the blade is really just invisible whenever he holds it and and can cut off things but I guess He needs a quest. Uh, The spirit of the sword told him to go find the blade or whatever. So he ends up hooking up with a sort of, tell me if you've heard this before, like a streetwise sort of like bitter but good hearted space smuggler uh and his 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 funky non-human sidekick. I don't know if it, this is the first time I've ever seen it. Um it's definitely but okay, yes. It's it's a Han Solo stereotype uh as well as but instead of Chewbacca, he has a his starship computer, his Millennium Falcon, which certainly doesn't look exactly like an A-wing from Star Wars. Not at all. Uh <clears throat> not at all. But or why is it a Y-wing? I guess it's a Y-wing. Anyway, the point is this movie is nothing like Star Wars. So don't anybody say it, it has nothing to do with Star Wars. Um anyway, the he comes across even a princess sound
1: anything similar to it either.
0: No, the soundtrack is not exactly the Imperial <laughs> March and then like the Return of the Jedi song. Like it's it's not they're not exactly the same with one note different at all, not even a little. Um and and uh, and it's completely different from Star Wars. So anyway, um the young guy who who sort of left his dingy home planet to explore the stars on a big magical quest comes across a a sort of, I guess you would call her a princess? Yeah, she's a princess. uh, And they sort of have a romantic connection. It's nothing like Star Wars, I swear this is this is <laughs> totally not star wars um i mean i don't know why people say that anyway uh and then it goes into uh do Androids Dream of electric sheep blade runner territory because it turns out the bad guy who has been subjugating this mining uh human race which the rest of the galaxy thinks is manned by robots he's a robot and he essentially is uh a sort of a skeletor kind of guy he doesn't have a skeleton head but he's that kind of vibe and he's a robot and he was a sl- supposed to be a slave working in the mines but instead he subjugated the humans and all the robots control everything now so you get a little bit of a uh a sort of little bit of isaac asmovian touch in there uh and lo and behold the uh, good guy beats bad robot man and uh, and nothing is said about the fact that robots are easily subjugated in this world and used as complete fodder. Uh, that is not touched on at all. Uh, and that is not sarcasm. It really isn't touched on at all. So, <clears throat> which is totally different from Star Wars. Absolutely. Never happens in Star Wars. Uh, so anyway, as, as you might have noticed by this, this movie is a lot like Star Wars. Uh, it actually has, the visuals are pretty great. They use, like, rotoscoping of, I assume, models of ships that they flew around and then rotoscoped them to look animated. Uh, I mean, they are animated. And if anybody doesn't know what rotoscoping is, it's when you take like live action footage and you essentially use frames of the live action footage as your frames to trace over and, and use as illustrations. So in this often, it's done with people. We saw that a lot in heavy metal um, and it's done some here, but where it stands out most extremely in, in, star chaser is actually in the ship flights um the ship flights are pretty impressive in fact they actually look almost like they could have been early cgi assisted but they're not they're rotoscoped uh i believe because at this time that was that was not really a thing so the ship the ship flight scenes are pretty cool um the designs are very much of the 80s which is still pretty I mean, we had a resurgence, you know, we've got, I mean, uh, uh, Farzar, you know, the the sort of spinoff of Brickleberry and Paradise PD has a similar space sci-fi aesthetic. Uh, 80s is hot right now, and it's been hot, and so is the early 90s, and it's all the same, really. Star Chaser, I guess the lead character is Orin, Um, the bad guy is Zygon, and... We can't, before I even get to what you guys thought about the movie, because I guarantee you have not probably seen this movie before. The The love bot in this movie is uh, a real something, a real something. Now, it's not technically supposed to be a love bot. Um, I'm I'm talking about Silica, uh, who's voiced, voiced by um, Tite Caravelli. Uh, Silica is like sort of a comedic character who's on the mining planet who's a robot lady who is um she's basically abducted and used as a as a robot shield by the by the uh the what would you even call him uh the space the the non han solo han solo and uh and then this is the most mind melting like post me to 2022 brain melt scene when he's trying to figure... He's poking in an open panel in her back while she's over his his lap in the ship trying to change her personality settings or friendliness settings or something. And he asks the ship computer where the controls are to which he pussyfoots around the point that it's in her bum. So then he opens her butt panel and prods... <laughs> he prods metal tools in her butt to turn her from a very, like... Uh, mean like not even mean just don't uh, assault me and kidnap me robot to hey you're really hot and being all over him and at which point then he tries to sell her into slavery for money this is this is this is wild like even at the time this had to have felt really really uncomfortable to some people um now her character is great the design is great it's very um you know i, I my brain is melted right now as often is so I can't remember the name, but the the phenomenal and very famed uh, Japanese illustrator who does very sort of erotic chrome women often. He did a cover for Aerosmith. He's, he's very excellent. Uh, very clearly inspired by that. Um, and it, it is just so there is not a single woman in this movie that accomplishes anything. Not a thing. Not a single thing. They are simply uh, they are simply a tool to be the at the side of of men we get the uh the, I mean, the, the princess heroes falls of... in
1: love with orin in about five minutes That's five
0: a seconds i mean five he has, se- like, five no minutes personality, is really so up. you know like no he has guys. no personality so let's I'm move on to you guys so i'm really i'm spinning a, a beautiful yarn of this movie but i i yeah. think that it might sound a little unfair mandy what were your expectations going in and uh had you ever heard of this movie
1: i had not heard of this movie Before, which i thought was surprising because i watched a fair amount of anime or animated films and a lot Mm -hmm. of star wars and like space-based like movies uh in the mid 90s to early 2000s and so like this wasn't like too far in the past at that point in time Mm -hmm. so i'm actually pretty surprised that i didn't come across it in the viewing that i had done um in my earlier life uh, and then, yeah, pretty much similar notes to you, like going through it, like literally, like every scene being like, Oh my gosh, this is like just a ripoff of Star Wars. Like, is that like literally the same music as Star Wars, or like it's it sounds so close like it, it sometimes the same score as Star Wars? Ooh,
0: it's like, really close, it's beautiful, it was, but it is like
1: <sighs> it was, it was like how you listen to the opening song for a Bond film, and although they are made by different artists, different probably producers and everything everything. You know, it's a Bond theme song, mm-hmm. right? Like there is a specific sound to it. You know that it is a Bond theme song. That was exactly like the soundtrack. You're like, "Oh, wait, no, this this is a Star Wars theme. Like this is a Star Wars soundtrack. Uh, it has a similar kind of feel to it." So there was that, I mean, obviously disgusted at like the female lead princess situation (laughs) and just what they did with her character and not so much like her just being like what a waste of like screen time and a character
0: she's like supposed to be prissy and actually like quite like the first time we see her is at a slave auction and she's trying to Mm. buy silica and and then she's mad because she's outbid by Orin, who of course doesn't have any money uh we've never seen this before this has never been in a movie before no uh and (laughs) to be fair it wasn't in star wars so okay um and to my to my knowledge, and uh and so she's hottie and and she has a great very Star Wars droid sidekick. I mean, straight out of Rogue One, this is this guy. Mm-hmm. Um, who also sounds both him and the ship. I mean, they could not the ship, especially, could not possibly be any more C3PO. I mean, mm. at one point he even says, um, I don't think this is a good idea. Like yeah it's this like i mean it's it's wild how how this movie didn't i mean i whew, yeah like it's it's yeah. it's been a long time since i've seen such a dramatic ripoff because it's it's high budget it's not a low budget film it's very well produced but anyway continue
1: <laughs> so anyway so the one thing that you didn't mention is like the um uh, very peter pan-esque fairies that like yes. float around and help them out mm-hmm. and like give them advice and Or I don't whatever. And show up at the
0: end to be like ghostly visages.
1: Yeah. I was like, oh, something different than Star Wars. And then the end came and I'm like, no, it's not. No, No, yeah. They they're
0: well, they're they show a bunch of dead dudes in ropes. Yeah, they reveal themselves to be the, the previous, um the the previous like heroes of this this particular this particular uh symbol of peace um you. which you know uh, is nothing like star wars uh certainly nothing no. like star wars they don't look and anything they're like, like star wars. hey
1: Orin, come hang out with us as like ethereal non body beings that you know buzz around his leg he's like actually i'd like to stay here and bone for a while uh yeah could, could we make that happen instead and they're like sure thing buddy like see you later like...
0: totally totally <laughs> um yeah no it's it's literally also what <laughs> What kind of <laughs> offer is that? Like, hey, all you know me as is the equivalent of like a housefly that glows and can mm-hmm. understand human speech. Would you like mm-hmm. to do this for the rest of eternity, uh, or or do you want like the hot rich lady next to you that for some reason is just just eager to give her life for you? It's probably yeah. your abs because that's the only thing that we see mm-hmm. in abundance and the on this guy. And like the, the puffy yeah, does...
1: winter vest as a <laughs> yeah,
0: he does he does get a very garment. Like, sean connery yeah. and zardoz like vest mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, yeah that's very accurate yeah jeff. so anyway
1: that's that was basic format. yeah
0: <laughs> totally <laughs> I, oh okay uh jeff had you seen star chaser i'm gonna i'm gonna assume not i don't know anybody else that has uh and what was your expectation and what have you what did you experience after seeing it uh
2: n- no expectations i mean you guys kind of drain the well on this one you know th- there's not <laughs> I mean, there's, like, a little bit of interesting things, like the world with, like, the robots that, like, wear, like, people's, like, cut-off bits, I guess. Like, there's some, like, there are kind of, like, some interesting, like, details and stuff in here that are very much not taken from Star Wars. Um, And, like, even, like, the mining colony and, like, the, the you know, essentially the... What is essentially, like, a um, fully... the word like like they've been they've been gaslit and then they've 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 bought in fully to it sure uh, they
0: believe it's a religion like their God is telling them yeah. this has to
2: be done I mean like all that stuff's kind of interesting um but like they are mining uh,
0: crystals for star travel which has never been done in any any
2: sort of yeah I mean there's like I mean you take like never... you know just tons of Star Wars, like, a little, like, elements of Lord of the Rings and, like, you know, some dude, you know. There's, like, tons that you can just, like, keep dumping in stuff from everywhere and you'll have the complete thing. Like, I don't think there's anything truly original here, Um which, you know, is most of the art we can consume, honestly. Sure, it's not, I mean, uh, it's not always necessary to be original, yeah. to
0: be honest, uh, but, yeah. you know.
2: Yeah, I mean, except for, like, the kind of cringy moments. um, that uh, you've mentioned with you know women characters and i think that i think the intro the the difference here is i i think that we've actually we've evolved a little bit in a a way that we kind of see things in uh we may we see like robots as especially ones that have been given like ai Mm -hmm. uh as something that is like at least human-like and we would uh we we think of it as something that you um you should treat them like you would treat other humans. Like you don't right. give somebody feelings and you don't give somebody, you know, like thought or like a, not somebody, but a robot. And then like, you know, torture them essentially. Like, yeah, it's we understand that. I think like that, like in the eighties yeah. was probably like not a well- like Like star
0: wars star wars i mean robots are blown up all the time in star wars yet we know that there are robots that have clear feelings and personalities because they're some of our favorite characters and this sort of treads that same line of like some robots seem to be just essentially glorified calculators or machines that do one thing like the slave drivers they don't really have personality they don't want to be destroyed but they don't have personality um and then others are
2: clearly sentient and have full like range of emotions um, so I think, I think... The, I mean, my point is, I think those ideas have kind of worked themselves out. Like there's been like a lot of, you know, because I think, you know, probably Star Wars and, you know, some other science fiction in the 70s and 60s and 80s or whatever kind of brought those kind of ideas out. And we've been kind of working on them, you know, as a society, uh, you know, in our in our media for like a long time. And so I think we're much more evolved on that. Um, but yeah, like the so. I can kind of accept the, you know, like, they hadn't quite figured out that, like, just because it's a robot doesn't mean, like, if you've given it, like, the, you've imbued it with so much humanity, you can't treat it like shit now. Like, (laughs) like, you can't, like, there's, you've imbued it with so much of, you know, of us uh, that it's indistinguishable in a lot of ways. Uh, You know, you're kind of a monster if you if you you know rape it or torture it or you know whatever those things are um so i i think we've evolved on that but like you know the the one note um you know princess is pretty um pretty terrible but all saying that when you copy star wars you'll probably make something entertaining (laughs) that's that's i think is where where i kind of ended up
0: i i'll love anything that's flashy and animated and fantasy i really i mean it's kind of hard not to and some of the visuals in this are quite, quite awesome. The, the big, I um, mean, again, none of it is particularly new. I've seen it before, but the big dragon stone dragon head that opens in flame to reveal the sort of wizard of Oz ask um, fake God performance for the mining slaves, the uh, the ship flights uh, as they as they're, as they're making the, the uh, hitting womp rats in the, in the crevices on Tatooine. I mean, those, those are pretty great. Uh, and I overall do enjoy the design. I do enjoy that this movie very much, I mean, I think people listening who haven't seen this, who are, who are maybe, you know, millennials or or Gen Z as well, especially will be like, Oh, this sounds kind of like Titan AE in some ways. And it is very much in that vein. Um, It's very much a, it's definitely seems like it was made for teenagers and some of the adult market because kids I just don't like kids could watch it but it's pretty grim I mean it opens with several murders uh and and the 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 love interest the first love interest his grandfather is uh killed by having his face whipped uh and blinded him and it kills him and then uh and we see the red marks on his face and then uh the the first love interest is strangled to death and then dropped on the floor uh we get a very brave new world twitching feet moment uh and then once orin then escapes into the outside he's confronted and captured by as you mentioned these sort of creatures that that are robots they're like cyborgs and they're very rough very rough looking and they they want to harvest humans for their parts and and they're going to cut him up with these scissors and then he he butchers them Accidentally, at first, uh, with with the sword. I mean, one falls on it, and we get a great but gruesome scene of like the blood outlining the invisible sword blade. Um, he cuts the female one in half, uh, or, or one of the creatures well, does. Maybe.
2: I think he he doesn't do anything actually. So that's true. One of them, yeah, one of them cuts accidentally because it's like mm-hmm. you know an invisible blade, you know, when it needs to be. Uh, it cuts the female in half, and then. Uh, the kind of like the alpha of the group or whatever, like kind of falls onto it accidentally, right. like trying to grab it. Mm-hmm. I I thought that scene was actually kind of fun and like interesting. I thought that-
1: It's it, really
0: was, good. Like, it's just very gruesome doing. for like, like an eight-year-old
2: would be able to handle it, but it, yeah. it's a lot uh, and it's I, early on. And it and also is get... like- the, the point where it was like, oh, well, we're not going to do lightsabers, so let's do a lightless saber. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's so true.
2: It's so
0: true. Yeah. Uh, s- screw the need to draw it, a blade. Sometimes it is
1: even a lightsaber. Y- yes. Yep, it,
0: does yeah, yeah, yeah. it does glow. It does glow. Yeah, so this was very much a... It's that weird kind of movie that that is one of my personal favorites. It's like, it's an animated feature. That really is made specifically for people like me, who who uh, love childish things but are adult and want some adult content. Like one of my favorite films of all time, Rock and Rule, right, which we talked we covered on this podcast, um, and heavy metal, which which we talked about. So I really like that th- this movie does have lots of bits and pieces of other things that I enjoy. Nothing in here that was stolen from other things is something I didn't already like. Uh, could they have certainly done better? Yeah, I think so. Um, but there's a pretty strong pedigree here in the in the crew, which is interesting because it's written by Jeffrey Scott who, I mean, he wrote an episode of Thundar the Barbarian uh, which was interesting because that's one of the first things I thought about when I saw this uh, movie. And uh, But he also wrote, I mean, he wrote for Super Friends. He wrote um, uh, like a good chunk of Dungeons & Dragons the TV series from 83 and 84 which was great. Um, he wrote some for the Mask TV show, the The 80s action one ducktales tailspin muppet babies he wrote he developed muppet babies which is one of the greatest animated kid shows of all time and which deeply loved and referenced and had clips from star wars quite a bit um so it's really this movie is definitely uh shown in jeffrey scott's past work that it's an amalgamation of work what's interesting to me though is that a lot of his other stuff his tv work especially did have some originality, so I'm a little, I'm unsure what exactly, I guess because this was earlier in his career, um, you know, but he did, he did write for a huge amount of Hanna-Barbera adventure shows, um, like Thunder the Barbarian, uh, and he was directed by Stephen Hahn, who, uh, he, he produced a lot, um, he directed some, uh, he, he was a, he worked in the animation uh field you know he he did everything from uh dino writers he did a couple of episodes which i loved he did uh the he worked on ninja turtles Uh, he was a producer on that the the original cartoon as well as the malibu comics property ultra force cartoon thundercats i mean he, he was big into the action cartoon world in the 80s and 90s so this is not it's got a strong pedigree it's technically vi- it's beyond technically competent i actually think it's quite excellently done visually um and so be- for that reason i'm still surprised even with the cringe content that as we see it now uh i'm still surprised this movie is not been re-released now uh, there was a production company who secured the rights for a live action version in 2012 didn't happen uh i'm not surprised i think you would need quite a bit of money to probably pull off a live action like this even a even a questionable quality one Uh, i i would love to see this return as a series something like how kevin smith um really flip the table on a bunch of stuff with he-man revelations you know just just something different with this because there are a lot of interesting characters and worlds and they did a good job of having very different locations (laughs) we've seen the locations before but uh you know i think think this
2: world is like different enough like it's like even though like the like the story flowed like something we've seen very uh very much before i think the world was was pretty interesting and i agree
0: uh, it's 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 how you can have an excellent science fiction novel where not a single thing in this in this intricately built world you can't pinpoint from another series. Like it's okay to play off of these tropes, um, but you do have to make it entertaining. And I do think this was entertaining. Did I find it and uh, you know and and go back to the last episode and listen to Heavy Metal if you want to hear about that? But did I find it as easy to watch as that? Well, no. But it's not an anthology either, which Heavy Metal really is structured like. Um, it does have a linear plot. It just doesn't have a huge amount of drive if you actually look at why they're doing what they're doing it, it's unclear sometimes um luckily you don't have that much time to think about it so star chaser uh let's let's go to the recommendations this is a lot i feel like we ragged on this movie a lot it's an hour and 40 minutes but i have to say I I love this movie. Uh, I really do. It's so entertaining to me to watch the artwork because the artistry. I mean, the opening scenes in the mine um, with the the robot overlords with the laser whip. Uh, as I said, the scene where they kill the grandfather is is quite brutal and and unnerving, but it's also beautifully done. Um, you can stream this uh, uh, as as a rental or purchase um, from some places in HD. It is not. I don't care what they say. It is not a very remastered. It looks it looks a step above upscaled um, from the DVD. And it was released on DVD um, quite a few years ago in the United States. I'm looking for some boutique to actually do a restoration of this film. Uh, I also want to say that the most outrageously egregious uh, anti-feminist like scene where they're um, sticking a screwdriver in a robot's butt uh, is if if you can get past that it is also kind of entertaining because you get this scene where it's from the, compu- the the dashboard computer's perspective looking at the 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 han solo holding silica and she's shaking her head like extremely no do not tell him where this is and it's that kind of thing where you're like yeah this did fly in the 80s uh, as as much as some people were probably not happy with it, it did fly in the '80s, and that doesn't shock me. But it certainly would not fly now. Uh, <laughs> it really wouldn't. So I give it a recommendation. Mandy, do you recommend Star Chase of The Legend of Orange from 1985? If so, why and to who?
1: I mean, it was fun, and like you said, like all of the things that they reused were things that I liked already. So you know, like what are you really complaining about at that point? Uh, it was enjoyable, and it also like watching it. Felt very much like watching cartoons when I was a kid, like Saturday morning cartoons. Even mm-hmm. though obviously the content and like the um, age appropriateness is very different than Saturday mo- morning cartoons that we watch, like it kind, of, it just had that feel to it, like nostalgia wise. So, I mean, even just for that, I would say, like it's it's worth watching. And I
0: agree. And it comes from the writers and directors of many of our favorite Saturday morning cartoon shows. So, no. you know, there's a reason why good. it feels familiar. Jeff, would you recommend Star Chaser or The Legend of Origin of Oren? <laughs> and if so, why? This is another one of those things. The title and the names are just—it's just, just AI-generated, like sci-fi name generator. Uh, Star Chaser, nobody's chased any stars. Uh, and The Legend of Orin. Oren is a pretty common-sounding name. Anyway, continue, Jeff. Would you recommend this? And if so, why and to who? Yeah,
2: it was—it was—it uh, was fun um so i i think it's i think it's a worthy watch i mean it's not gonna like it's not gonna change your world so if you you have like a, a bunch of other stuff that you're planning on watching watch that first you know but uh if you're if you're looking for something and you're bored go back and check this one out and just for uh, sure yeah
0: I want to say, too, the poster says a spectacular 3D adventure for the entire family. Now, I would love to see this in 3D. I've already mentioned that. Uh, I'd be very excited to see it. I would love I to see I bet you, like, this sword
2: has some interesting effects well, and stuff. Well,
0: and 3D. I mean, I, I really can't stress how great the ships look. They look like they are 3D generated, but they're not. That's, yeah. that's, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. Producers out there, but my understanding is this is rotoscoped, which is pretty impressive. Um, But... What it, This is like the entire, when they tried to market Cool World, Ralph Bakshi's Cool World, as like a family film. Like, can you imagine, like, maybe not that extreme, but can you imagine families walking in with their five-year-olds and their ten-year-olds, somebody going in, and the first thing that happens is they whip a grandpa to death and strangle a girl. Um, and then they literally take hedge clippers to start carving up the young man. Uh, and then they have, like, a Han Solo-esque guy with the most ridiculous like cupy wispy mermaid tail of hair and his widow's beak it's insane <laughs> like like stick a screwdriver in a robot's butt uh, to make it like it seriously it's like clamp must have seen this and said oh uh, anime is born so i know clamp didn't create anime don't don't write me letters uh anyway thank you guys so much uh for listening to this episode uh where we talked about star chaser the legend of origin i want to thank my guests jeff and mandy and please rate us all the stars wherever you get your podcast like and subscribe on our youtube and anywhere else please 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 tell your friends it really helps we've got some big news coming up i'm going to say that until it happens and they'll we'll probably have some more big news that i'll that I'll saying is coming etc i want to play us out as always with the chud have great listening and we'll catch you next week we <laughs>